Speaking of, hey guys, what's up? Welcome to the episode of Coffees for Closers. We're back with Pat. Hello. Pat's back from his American tour. I'm back. Yeah, so we can all be thankful that it's not just me carrying the load. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yep, I'm back. I did things in America. I had a wonderful time. We can talk about it. Yeah, all right, let's do it. All right. Ex-Special Forces Sniper turned entrepreneur. I've scaled numerous businesses to eight figures. My name is Mad Rider. This is my podcast, and I'm telling you to put that coffee down. down. We're back. <laughs> We're back. All right, what did you do in America? Um, mate, I went there to um, I went to teach two different schools. So I did like two three-day seminar type events, mm-hmm. as well as I went to learn. Um, I was a student for the first five days, which was really cool. It's been a long time since I got to do that. Decoying. So like a decoy is the person who gets bitten by dogs. It's it's teaching a dog to bite. Um, I'm a pretty good decoy. I'm like certainly very competent in Australia. I'm one of the better, Um, but I've never taught it before and I'm trying to upskill people in Australia. Okay. Um, And I've taught heaps of people to decoy, but over a period of years, you know, like it's just, you come, you're in the training, you, you presented an opportunity. We go, okay, I'll show you how to do this thing. But I've never actually been like, okay, this is a course on how to do it. So I went to a course of a really good friend of mine, Sean, and he like, I just kind of was there to take notes on how he runs a course because I'm yep. doing that here in Australia, teaching it. So yeah. That's is good. there a Grant Cardone of the dog industry? Um, the, I don't know if there's a, I don't know if Grant. <laughs> I and I don't mean that in, in like a negative sense. I mean that in like a, just an overwhelmingly large figure that is incredibly successful at what they do. Yeah. There's, there's three. In, in MySpace. Okay. Yeah. They're so, still using MySpace? That's <laughs> why they're so big. <laughs> in the protection sport, but also uh, real world pets and like across dog training. It's like, because the thing is with dog training, it's a huge, it's a huge spectrum. So yep. like herding, I don't know shit about, right? Like I couldn't teach a dog to herd sheep. Like I could help, I can figure it out. I know how dogs work, but I, that's so far outside my realm. Okay. Um, but protection sports is where I'm at. Like dogs that bite people because that sort of translates to a lot of real world application. So then like under protection sports, you get tracking and, and detection and biting and all yep. the things that a dog would be employed by an agency to do. Okay. And we there's civilians that do that for fun. Um, and then all those skills are transferable to pets. So it's the probably the probably there'll be people that would argue this is incorrect, but like it's probably the most broadly um, usable skill set because okay. you get uh, drive channeling, like getting a dog to express itself fully, go mental, like show all the power that you can, and okay. then capping that and being like, but now sit and wait until I tell you to do that mm. again and display the same amount of power. And then as well as like you know inherent dog skills like detection and stuff, where like if you teach it incorrectly, you can't help the dog because like you can't do the detecting so like you can get yourself kind of stuck okay so in that space there's three people who are the king dingalings okay and they've got they're independently very successful themselves so the first guy's michael ellis so he he yeah you you'd have heard of them all you would have heard me talk of them mike ellis is a mondio ring guy so mondio's like it means world it's a it's a sport that he was very instrumental in bringing to the US and he's an incredible teacher and like a super nice dude and you know great on the tools like really good dog trainer but is magician at teaching like he's where I developed a lot I spent a lot of time studying him as a dog trainer and then studying him as a teacher Uh, then there's Bart who I spent so I went to Mike Ellis's school like I did a week-long thing there there's Bart Bellin, who 
is an NVBK. It's Belgian ring. He's a Belgian guy. Was Belgian champ. That makes you world champ because it only They're happens in Belgium. Okay. Right? And yep. that game is only played there. But he's incredible. And then there's another guy, Ivan Balabanov, and Ivan's IGP. And so that's that's formally Schutzen. That's formally IPO. It's called IGP now. That's the that's the sport where they just bite the sleeve, right? Okay. And it's the most stylized. It's the fakest of sports. Like it's not. Um, people get upset at saying that as well. But yeah. it's the it's the it's ballet. For what's the what's the uh, what's the shooting uh, triple gun? Yeah, it's like that IPSC. Yeah, yeah. So triple gun as opposed to totally actually going through and clearing a house. Totally. So triple gun looks amazing. I don't know how good it is at killing people. Exactly. And but like if you're if you're a coach, so you can get people who are real world gunfighters, really in the army, that will do triple gun for fun, and their skills will get really high, and they'll implement many of those to their real world. But there's plenty of things that you just would never do because yeah. that's stupid. We had that triple gun guy come out and teach, and he was like, you know, dump mags between things, and I was like, what mate, if you step on. It? <laughs> but I was like, I was like, mate, I'm only carrying two pistol mags. Like I'm not <laughs> I sure as shit ain't dropping. Like because I fired three rounds here and I'm yeah, running yeah. over there, I'm only carrying one mag with eight. Oh, so they're saying drop it like a suit. Like if you have a moment. Just when you change stages, yeah. Because they'll carry like 15 of the things. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like, I saw a photo of me in the GAN, like fully like kitted out. I had two mags on me. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. the rest are in my pack. Yeah. Well, like, I used to carry six M4 mags, one on the gun, yeah. six in my pouch. And then most of the time, if I carried a pistol, I just carried the one magazine in it. Yeah. Because I was like, I don't have the space for this crap. The, the first the first, the first, first time I went out, I carried everything, grenades, oh, pistol, yeah. fully. Because I had an SR-25. Right. Uh, but then like so after that, no pistol. Fuck that. Because I had a mag 58 at a 338 and I had, no, I had a mag 58 and M4 and a, uh, SR 25. Yeah, yeah. I was like, man, I'm gunned up. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't, I don't need more guns. Yeah. If I have to use a pistol, I might as well just fucking yeah. jump on a grenade. I'd, I'd <laughs> jump on a grenade. <laughs> like I'm I'd, dead. Like I bounced forth back and forth. Cause I used to do a lot of like prisoner handling. So you need a pistol for that. Yeah, right? yeah. So that's why I had the pistol, but I was like, I'm not carrying an extra magazine. Like a couple of times I carried an extra magazine, but it was only at night and it was on the back of my helmet to be a counterweight to my <laughs> MVGs. <laughs> yeah, that used to drive me insane. The idea of carrying a weight on the back of your helmet, like, yeah. I remember being like, hang on, I'm carrying this thing just for the we, sake I, of I, it. I cut my toothbrush in half. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to, to cut down on weight. Yeah, I'm umming and ahhing about weight. how many bullets to carry. Yeah. And you think I'm going to put a weight on the back of my helmet? That's Are you funny. fucking kidding me I to never, counter balance? I feel so dumb because I literally never had that thought. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> you yes, carried boss? the weights. Yes, boss. Three weights. Cut it down to two. Yeah. It has yeah. a front heavy helmet that dragged your elbow there. Yeah. I was like, well, no. that helps me walk up hills. Yeah. You, just, you just let gravity do the work. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Lean into the hill, let the hill do the work. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I carried, I used to carry a magazine on the back of my helmet. I was like, fuck makes, that. Makes total sense. Yeah, it's too late. Can't go back. Can't yeah. change it now. Can't change it. I, yeah. just, I had all that weight on me unnecessarily. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, they're the OGs of it. Like, and they're. Are they, those, are they enemies? Nah. Well, nah. But publicly? Nah. Like, sort of. Private There's, friends, but public enemies? Like, I think that the thing is, because they're balanced trainers, they're people that use tools, like, they're on the same team, but they do things kind of differently. And I've, like, learned from them all. I'm a student of BART, like, um, but I did Ivan's course. I didn't certify and stuff because it. it there's a whole story behind that. I've heard the story. Yeah, yeah. but I won't go into. Um, but they're, 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 people get upset at this and this, if this get like, I'm sure these people are going to share this into the dog training space and people come at me again, right? But for the most part, they're very similar. There's some ideological differences, but what actually happens on the tools is very, very similar. Yeah. Um, 
So there is no one like Grant Cardone it, but there are plenty of people in the space who are big names that no dog trainers have heard of, right? So that's one of the interesting okay. things like in the- It's a couple of big YouTube TikTokers totally. that are like have huge reach. Yeah. So like, so like probably in the YouTube space- for me, space, I go, look how amazing they are. Yeah. So in the YouTube Sean space Beauty, is man. Zach George. So Zach George is having this big war with Ivan at the moment, right? Yeah, yeah. But like Ivan, you can say what you like about Ivan as a person. There's people like, cause he's, he's a polarizing character in many ways, but he might be one of the most amazing- dog trainers to ever walk the face of the earth right yeah, okay. and multiple time world champion at, in his sport and multiple yeah. time national champion Zach George has a YouTube channel right and yeah. like like the, the issue with Zach is that like he he provides a lot of value to average pet person that gets on YouTube and is looking for basic advice but then lately he started sort of redirect like he's trying to control the narrative a little bit of the industry and that's where a lot of people Ivan especially has taken offense to that and like hey like you just continue making fun, cute videos for people. Leave training actual dog trainers to to the real deal, right? Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Um, totally, right? And and it's it's been kind of ridiculous because if you look at like as a professional, when you look at the, the Zach's work, it's not even it's not dog training. Like it's just nonsense, right? But whereas like <laughs> Ivan is legitimate magician. There's yeah, 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 yeah. on his course. There's like some of the video where you watch entire start to finish sessions with the dog. It's like it's like watching Michelangelo sculpt the David, right? Yeah, yeah, and then yeah. you've got the other guy like getting bitten by accident on like on like it's just nonsense, right? Yeah, I think I find I find the same thing. Like cause, like Jeremy, like I have a unique Jeremy when he's in the living room and you ask him questions, the answers you get are incredible, mm. you know, because like he has to temper his answers for the people he's talking to. Totally. Right. Which you have to do as a coach. Yeah. Like I, I coach beginners very differently than I coach. Like I just had a guy reach out to me. He's doing really well and he wants to like, you know, go do a, a bit better to get him to a really good income. And I was like, yeah, man, like, He's like, what do you usually charge? And I was like, well, it doesn't matter what I charge, man. It matters what it's worth to you to get there. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, you want to get from here to here. What's that worth to you? Mm -hmm. And he gave me a number and I was like, it's worth a little more. <laughs> but like, you know, so you, you, you temper, you like the nuances that you give people. But like when we're just sitting in the living room and you ask him a question, you're like, hey, why do people do this? And you go, well. Yeah. And then he'll give you like this 10 minute like monologue of exactly like, you know, he's like, well, how are they sitting? You know, it's like, well, okay. And then what are their, like, let me see the video. And you see the video. I go, okay, see that right there? That person is apprehensive. As soon as you said that word, like you needed to stop and go back and ask them about mm. it. You know, and he can look at a group of five people and at the same time, and he can just go like, that person's scared. That person's happy. Mm -hmm. You know, read, he can just read the room and go, he just knows how to handle people. It's really interesting. Mm. And when you look at someone like that, he's a true master. And then we get people who like, did six months of our course yeah. now they're sales coaches yeah yeah like it's so fucking laughable yeah that it's like well it was the best yeah <laughs> in, you know yeah because like the moment people get into your thing you're not any better than your content yeah yeah that's true right and when you're not any better than your content it's like our con like my content especially is sort of like verbose somewhat nuanced um truisms mm but it's not, it's not like nitty gritty, mm. you know, we're like, is this, if you, if I, if you ask me something, I have to ask you three or four follow-up questions to get enough information to be able to answer it. If you just ask me something and I answer it, it's a bullshit answer. Mm. You know, like if I ask you like, Hey man, um, my dog keeps barking whenever the mailman goes by, you guys do this. Yeah. Yeah. What a fucking throwaway. Yeah. 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 <laughs> or if you go, well, is it more at night in the morning? Are, are you at home? Does it happen when you're not there? Yeah. Like, do they do it for anyone else? Is it just that guy? 
Yeah. You know, like there's so many questions you have to answer before you go, okay, well let's try this, but it probably won't work. Mm. And then we have to try something else, you know? So, and it's the same with, with, with humans. And so I think like, one of the things why I asked the question was because like we can gleam a lot of insight from all the other industries. And I think one of the things that lacks in the industry that I'm in, and probably I think in every industry to be fair, is like a lack of understanding of what other people are doing. That's good. And what other people are doing that are bad. Yeah. And I think like the, there's always a couple of people that are in the space that absolutely crush it. It's very rare. They have conflicting styles. Yeah. Like yeah. very rare. Yeah. And like, I think it's more ideological, like how they feel about it. So, you know, like to, to, you know, again, I don't want to get myself canceled, but um, it, one style is you have to connect with the dog and, and really be with the animals, another living creature and work together. And the other is you have to make the dog think that <laughs> like the outcome is still the same. Yeah, yeah. Right? But one is like, you have to do it. And the other is you have to make him think that you're doing it. Right. So like, it's the same thing. It's just how you feel about it that is allowed to be different. But what you actually do has to be somewhat the same. I think like there's that, there's something to that level of expertise and nuance. So like when I got really good was spending a lot of time with Bart and it was that he was running these schools, but I would organize the school. So I would not only be at them, but I would be picking him up from the hotel, take him to and from, going to dinner every time, all so of that. Bits and pieces you well, that's where you learn everything. Cause I'm in the school, I'm seeing all the answers, but I'm seeing at multiple schools, people ask the same question and get different answers. Right. And then it's like, you know, and then you say, but how come? Because last time you said this and this time you said this and it says, well, that person needed to hear it said like this in yeah, order yeah. to, in order to, to get them to the same point they needed to like they're here so the path to here is different than the path to here even though they, they, they go in the same place they can't take the same journey because they're at different places yeah and then it's like oh okay but if like if you're a student in the class you heard this answer like, you well, didn't hear this answer so that's the truth to you now right yeah. and it's not until you hear it multiple times and see it from multiple perspectives that you can really get it and i think there's that like there's that magic in a level of nuance that most people, most experts just don't get, you know? Yeah. Um, and like, for example, on the weekend, I'm helping a, a, someone get a new dog. And I told her like, you know, imagine yourself, you've just won a big championship and that you're standing there getting your trophy and the dog's healing next to you. Like, what is, what does the healing look like? And I, and I was like, you know, does the dog, is the dog's got a kink in its back as it's looking dead up at you or is it forward and its shoulders are like staunch like that? Look, yeah. And, and she's like, well, I don't like, I was like, because that's difference in bloodline, right? Now you can teach either one of those things. You can make it look however you want it. You can teach it. But when the dog defaults to who he is, that means we go shopping in different places. And that's the sort of conversation that you don't get. I imagine it has to be the same yeah. in, with, when you talk to Jeremy. Yeah, you know, I was at dinner with, uh, with, with Cole Gordon last time. I was in, in some of his crew, Mitch. Phenomenal guys, right? Run a great business. They're very good at sales. Like, I'll, I, will, I will give them that. They're very good at sales. And I was sort of explaining why, like, you know, we're talking about seventh level and it's sort of grown really quickly. And we're probably like the biggest sales training, at least in the, in the industry that we're in. We're the, like, we're the biggest by a while. Mm -hmm. And we sort of eclipsed some of what they've done in, in a few things. And they're like talking about why. And I was like, well, I was like, to be fair, man, it's just, we have an unfair advantage. We have Jeremy. I was like, that's, that, that's it. Um, you know, we're, we, we think of things a little bit differently. I think most people in the industry, but like we have Jeremy and they're sort of like, and I was like, dude, I was like, you know, you're really good at sales. Like there's no doubt. But I was like, how long are you in sales? It was like two years. I was like, okay. I was in sales for 15. Yeah. Full time. Actually 14 full time. I go, but throw me out of the picture. You know how like people become obsessed with sales and he was like, yeah, like I got obsessed and it's like, yeah, dude, you're really fucking good. You're very good at sales. 
I was like, imagine that for 22 years. Yeah, yeah. Like Jeremy has done 166 sales training courses. Yeah, right. Like As a he, student. Yeah. Yeah. He's obsessed. Yeah. Uh, the only thing he listens to is audiobooks on persuasion. Mm-hmm. He, he reads four books a month. They're all on sales. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? <laughs> like, because there's fucking millions of them. That's amazing in and of itself that he can stomach that shit. He loves it. You know, like. He's obsessed with it. Yeah. Because, like, I'm pretty good. I'm, I'm pretty good at what I do. And I find it, like, you know, because there's so much repetition. Because no matter the style, no matter what you're into, like, yeah. probably... 60% of dog training is dog training. Like yeah. it, it is what it is. It ain't going to change. There, there's flair on top of that, but it just is. Yeah. And when you read someone else's book or go through their content, you got to sit through that. And it's, yeah. I find the that thing, like, oh so, God. So Jeremy's job is he's the chief product officer, right? That's his job. Mm-hmm. So he, every 12 months, he has to produce me a new course mm-hmm. from woe to go. So we just reshot our entire training portal mm-hmm. and we filled in every gap that there was in like the learning and then we extended it. And so like, but we also, but every four, every three months we have to release a new product, Mm -hmm. which is like the 50, like top 50 obliteration. Like I could never write that. Mm -hmm. There's four objections, (laughs) like time, money, think about a partner to him. He wrote 52. Yeah, he right. wrote a detailed response to each one and, and some context behind it. Are they under the categories of time, money, partner? Like, so they're, He's not even thinking in that, no, he doesn't, like, he doesn't subsets of these. No, they're all different. I'm a peasant. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Okay. So what, what he, he's like, okay, like, he thinks back on his 22 years, and he's like, okay. And also, he's trained so many people now that he's like, he, he just, okay, what are all the objections that we're hearing? You know, I need to pray about it. I need to speak to my CMO. I need to, I need to go and speak to the board. Um, can you find me some testimonials? Can you do all this? Whereas, like, my, like, for me, I got good at handling four objections and funneling everyone into the same four. Mm-hmm. So for me, I just take that and I funnel it. Yep. But that's a skill set that I have. It's super difficult to teach. Yeah, yeah. So like for 90% of people, it's better just to teach them how to address it word for word. Yeah. That's a, an easier way of doing it rather than the way that I learned how to do it. So, but just that, like he has to produce one of those. So what he does is he listens to things over and over again. And then he listens to his own courses over and over again. And then from there, he's thinking of ways of like, oh, I like that, but it's wrong because of this. Mm-hmm. And that will induce this. So, but if I twist it like this, I can use that. Mm. So he's just constantly, constantly like we, we, we just got him like his last three courses. He's done three courses this year, I think. And it's like February or it's March. Sorry. Um, and they've all been on public speaking. Okay. Because he's doing tons of keynotes. Yeah. And so like, and, and for an example, like uh, Dean Graziosi and Tony Robbins are like goaded when it comes to online events, mm-hmm. they might close at 5%. Really that low? Yeah, but I mean, you're talking about thousands of people. No, no, so they yeah, make, yeah, They make yeah, a ton yeah. of money. Five, yeah, yeah. five to seven percent of the room would be phenomenal. Okay. In a virtual environment. Okay. We have never closed less than fifty. Wow. Right. So people are like, "Oh, you got it this way." We're like, "Well, we'll we'll stick to our way." Right. <laughs> Things so are going like, okay. If we have a thousand people on the call, like at our last one, we had twelve hundred people on the pitch, four hundred and fifty-eight buyers, and four hundred declined financing. Okay. Right. So from 1200 people, we got 848 to buy. Wow. Just 400 got denied Didn't financing. So like, you know, like, the, like that's fucking what, two that's thirds insanity. of the room. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, and when we worked really hard, it's a 90 page script, 93 pages, I think it is. Yeah. Um, we worked really hard and there's so much like layering of, and when you sell on stage, like it's so different. 
about two weeks ago, I did a, um, I did like a, I went to Adelaide mm-hmm. and did like a stage, you know, for like 80 people. It wasn't, yeah, yeah. wasn't a lot. I wasn't selling anything, but I was just going through and I was sort of doing a talk about sales and business and stuff like that. And it was funny cause I like intentionally layered through some of the stuff mm. that I was doing to see what kind of reactions I would get and emotions. And when you do stuff on stage and like we do this in the, in the, in the, in the five day challenges is like, we have to sort of, you sort of have to acknowledge that you'll piss off a sect of them by overdoing certain things. But like you have to lay certain foundations because mm-hmm. you can't ask, can't ask anyone a question. Yeah, yeah. So, and like when we, um, we recently, me and Anthony, we went to, Curran Ray's event. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've heard of him. Yeah, yeah. Curran he's like Ray. the OG of Australian coaching, right? Yeah. Like he's the first I ever saw. Yeah, so really interesting. So he recently went through a basically complete mental breakdown. No shit. And physical breakdown. Really? He had a stroke. Um, no shit. Had like serious depression, like so, like cl- classic, like diagnosed severe depression, which is like contemplating suicide 24 hours a day. Wow. And that was for about 18 months. Had a stroke, whole thing, right? But no one ever noticed he was gone because he had that much content backloaded. Yeah. Right? So they weekended Bernie's the motherfucker. <laughs> right? right? Well, actually, that makes sense because do you remember um, when I was looking at content here, I was looking at stuff of him and I was like, something doesn't add up here. Yeah. Because like, I was looking at all of these things and I was, I remember saying at the time, I was like, these numbers don't align. Like he's not got the right traction here for the amount of traction that he's getting there. And yeah. like, I was like, something's not right about his content. That's it's interesting. just repurposed for 18 months. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, we went to his event and he's like, I just want to see like, how's this guy do it? Like, Mm -hmm. you know, he's not in our, like he's a business coach. We're not in his demographic. He's definitely for solopreneurs. Like that's really where his wheelhouse is. Mm -hmm. I would say zero to 3 million, Mm -hmm. you know, like we're we're just way outside of his wheelhouse. So I was just there to kind of see what he had to say, to be honest. It was really interesting. And uh, me and me and, you know, me and Anthony were just, we just analyzed it from a sales perspective. It was really fun to watch. And he did a lot of things really well. They actually called me afterwards and they're like, Hey, what do you think? Trying to sell me. I was like, Oh, do you want some real feedback? Did they know you? No. Okay. So like, you were just a random call. I was like, do you want some real feedback? I was like, yeah. I was like, well, I'm outside of his wheelhouse, but I can tell you what I think from a sales angle, what he did right, what he did wrong. And they're like, yeah, we, we have the same feedback. That's exactly what we thought. <laughs> <laughs> so basically like what he did is he came out and he very, he made himself very endearing, mm-hmm. right. By talking through his struggle. I think he overdid it a little bit. Cause like, the, I think the key is you, you want to have come up, right. Um, but it, like you have to create like your hero's journey, Yeah. but you can't spend too much time in like the pity party section. You have to kind of like talk about it, but breeze over it. You know what I mean? And so I think it kind of went back into the mindset space too much, Okay. which sure. kind of creates transparency when you talk about a thing in the same way too much. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, but maybe I only, I noticed that, I don't know. I was just like, uh, I'd say 10% knock it back a little bit. Mm-hmm. But then from there, like he, he did a lot of things well and he positioned himself well. And, you know, it was a little action. There's the whole thing. I could see the whole way. Right. So, but then when he pitched, this is where he fucked it up. Right. Um, first of all, the back of the room stuff was garbage. Like they didn't have salespeople. You can tell it wasn't, but also they haven't run an event in a while. And he just got off a stroke. So yeah, like, sure. This oh, is the yeah. comeback tour. Yeah, exactly. So like it wasn't set up properly administrationally, I think to make sales. Mm-hmm. And then from there, what he did is he, what he did really well is he goes, okay, everybody, um, hands up if you want to learn the skills to make more money. Right now, the interesting thing about that is psychologically speaking, it should be difficult to not raise your hand, right? Because of the way that it's set up, because it's like, basically the first question is who is here and who is committed to achieving their goals? Raise your hand. Of course. I am. Right. 
Now, who is willing to take the action required to actually make that money to achieve your goals? Keep totally. your hand up. Yeah. Now, if you're st- if you have your hand up, stand up. Mm, that's a step I'm not sure I want to take. I'm wearing shorts. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so if you have your hand up and you're serious about this, then stand up. Okay. Right? Now, I'm sitting there, arms folded. Yeah, yeah. I'm sitting down. But I'm one of 20 out of a room of 500. Okay. That are sitting down. Right? Me and Anthony. I'm like, this is always interesting. And you can watch people as they become more anxious as to what's happening next, mm-hmm. right? Now, then from there, what he did is he went through some testimonials and- Leaves everyone standing at this point? Oh, yeah, you got to leave them standing. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll tell you what he did, and then I'll tell you what he should have done, right? So then, then from there, he goes through, and then he, like, reaffirms that, like, you, you, you know, points people out, codifies them, well done, you're standing up, you're going to take cash and do the things required, you're one of the few, the proud, well, yada, 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 right? All that kind of shit. And then from there, he gets them into this frenzy, and then he's going to start his his price drop, right? Mm-hmm. So he gets everyone to sit down. Okay. Right? So he lost the momentum that he just built. He told everyone to sit down, and then he went through his price drop, and he didn't do his price drop correctly. He did, like, one price... He did the actual price, yep. which is four nine nine seven, and then he did the, but it's usually six nine nine seven. It's like, well, is it motherfucker? Is it? <laughs> you know what I mean? So what he should have done is it's six nine nine seven, but for you, for those of you here today, it's four nine nine seven, and for the first fifty, it's two nine nine seven. That's what he should have done, mm-hmm. right? Because he's gonna, it's selling him into a four day thing where he upsells him anyway. Yeah. So like, it's just people, you know. So you got to do it that way to like build some urgency, but he sat them down. Then from there, he got them to, if you're going to take action on this shit, yada, 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 and stand up, that's really hard to do. It's really hard to muster up the courage to stand up in a room of people who are sitting down and say, I will do something. Mm -hmm. It's much easier just to stay standing. Mm -hmm. So like he went from working with human psychology to working against it. And the problem is, it's a high risk, high reward maneuver. If everybody stands up, you've knocked it out of the fucking park. Mm. But if five people out of 600 stand up, it's a problem. Then like, how do you get the rest to stand up? Yeah. So do you think he made a sequence error? Do you think like he actually made a mistake and was like, Oh fuck, I shouldn't let them sit down. Right. Cause like I teach live events, not to that many people. Potentially. Yeah. But sometimes you just present your information in the wrong order and yeah. you're like, Oh shit. Yeah. Like, cause he, he's not using a slideshow, I imagine, right? Nah. It seems to spit in hot fire. Yeah. And every now and again, that's how I do it. Every now and again, you're like, oh, they've got no point of reference for what I'm about to say. I forgot to set, set them up. Yeah. Do you think that's what he did? I think for sure. Like, listen, like he was, you could tell like strokes, you know, they, they can, he was sort of struggling to find his words a little bit. I think it could have been a sequencing error or it could have just been like a, um, that's how they've done it in the past. Yeah. But he was so good in the past mm. that maybe it worked anyway. Sure, sure. Whereas like Aaron Sansoni, who's one of our clients, uh, we went and watched him. He he is good mm-hmm. from stage, right? And what he did is he, he gets everyone the same, right? Raise your, so it's like small commitment, raise your hand. Bigger commitment, stand up, right? Then he goes like after more edification and more this and more testimonials and like anchor price. You got to anchor price high, it's 10000 Would this be worth it to you if this was $10,000? Mm-hmm. Stay standing if this was ten grand and it'd be worth it to you. Stay standing. Perfect. Because for you guys, 
It's not, it's, it's not. It's not. It's not. It's not ten grand. Now, if you're standing and you would pay ten thousand dollars for this, move into the aisles. So you're like you're getting this buy-in. Mm-hmm. It's a flock mentality, right? Mm-hmm. Move into the aisles. Five people start moving. Everyone starts moving. Meh, meh, right? Start moving them in. And I'm in the side because I'm there helping himself, fucking pushing people in the aisles. Like, get in, fucking. Me and Anthony just kicking people into the aisles, right? Like, get in, go, <laughs> right? And then he goes like, all right. Um, now if you're in the aisles, go to the back of the room, like go to the back, right? And he gets everyone to go to the back. So now essentially he's got a series of people who are sitting that are ne- like that are, and now everyone else who's standing is now toward, towards the back of the room. So what he does is he grabs a chair, walks over to the back of the room, right in front of them, stands up on a chair. So now everyone behind him is dead to him. Yes. Right. So it's like now we're othering people. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And then he stands up like this big fucking daddy and he just starts talking to him again. And then he anchor, he price drops again. Right. So, you know, would it be worth this? You guys have said it worth this. It would be this. Right. And then from there he starts doing things like, uh, which you might like in dog training, uh, when I say go and not before. Yeah, yeah. So he starts like, he starts creating a rhythm of you do what I say when I say it. Mm-hmm. Right. And he goes like, now when I do it, and when I say go and not before, and there's great out of that. And when I say go and not before, not before. Mm-hmm. And then he does a price anchor, a final price. And he goes, the first 20 people will receive a free partner to come along to the event with them and a bottle of Moe. Mm-hmm. Right? This is fucking genius. The bottle of Moe is genius, right? And then from there, he goes, we have 40 spots. There are 300 of you standing. You have 15 minutes. And when I say go, and not before, you head to the back, and you sign up. Go. <laughs> right? And these people, and then all of a sudden, you just hear a fucking bottle. <laughs> right? Champagne. Fucking. Like they've won the Grand Prix. Oh, mate. Yeah. I was just like. I got to spend thousands of dollars. Papa. Good for me. It was fucking great, man. It was fucking great. Yeah. And it, there are some things that could have been done better logistically around the sales to get more. But from a stage presentation standpoint, he fucking nailed it. Mm. And it was interesting to see like him, who's like a master of it. And like Kerwin, he's obviously very good at what he does. But like the, the oh, you can see the level of polished, mm. like stage pitching, which is different than stage presenting. Yeah, like stage presenting is one thing, but pitching is a whole different thing. Like the master, the goats, like Myron Golden. Okay, Myron Golden, black guy in the U.S., just fucking like bo- can't even really. He has a coaching program where he can't even really explain what he does. He's just so good at it. Okay, right. Um, like he can because he teaches it, but like not to the level that I've seen some people teach it. Like Eli Wild is probably the best breaking person I've seen break down stage pitching. Okay. It's phenomenal. He we hired him at seventh level to come in and redo the like redo our ninety page script with mm-hmm. Jeremy to where like we added in certain things for certain reasons and we we moved certain stories around because mm-hmm. like he we sort of started to create this emotional crescendo up and down hypnotic type state over the five days where yep. you take people in and out of certain emotions on purpose with anchor worries and all that kinds of stuff. This is like quite hypnotic mm-hmm. the way we do it, but he's really good at breaking down how and why. Um, he's phenomenal at it. Shout out to Eli. But yeah, so it was super interesting to watch that stage presence it's very entertaining to watch do you i think there's there's something impressive more so about jeremy though that he's doing that via zoom like 
Yeah, yeah, it's Because you know as well as I do, talking to people is very different to talking to people that are in a camera lens. And yeah. even that's very different to talking to a camera yeah. with no one even behind it. You know yeah. what I mean? And so he's like, got no camera on at that point either. Like we turn camera off because it's it's a 45 minute pitch. Yeah, right. So it's too much for him to be on camera for that time. He needs to be able to like drink water, wipe his face. Yeah. You know, so it's camera off just, it's a fucking PowerPoint. Yeah. Right. And that PowerPoint is long. And everyone's like, just get to the fucking like thing already. But we just so he's narrating the PowerPoint yeah. as he plays it. Yeah, and we have testimonials, and we have like seven price anchors and price drops. And Do you ever consider just like hit and play, like on on a time you did it especially well? Yes. Yeah, we would like to turn it into an evergreen. Yeah. Um, but it's like we would have to specifically do one with the intent of making it an evergreen, where we're very careful what we say. Mm. But, like, we do it so well, there's always people going, this isn't live. Mm. There's always people. And I go, I, I'm flattered you think we're not doing this live. And people are like, put up a one. Put up a five. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? They're like, oh, it's bullshit. <laughs> like, this is all fake comments. Like, because it's so polished now. Yeah, like, yeah. you know, so I would love to do it as an evergreen. Well, I remember the, like, first couple of times you did it here. And it was like, we got a challenge. It's a whole thing. Like, we got And now it's like, oh, we're doing a challenge. Yeah. Like, it's just... Yeah. it's all together yeah it's it's a good system um they're phenomenal ways to like kick up revenue and mm. you end up like spending a ton of money but you get so much back and then like you can rest your ad accounts for mm -hmm. like a month afterwards and go upsells so, like the way that marco has it he's got it so dialed in now it's such an impressive feat of marketing to be able to do that consistently the first time we did it we got this fucking challenge consultant and everything he said was fucking trash oh really trash we paid him like 50 grand he wanted 100 it was like the first payment i was like all right um anyway like nothing worked all the conversions were shit and then we just went you know what if this is what the whole industry is doing let's just do everything our own way yeah and then we did it our own way and it works way better and now we you know we spend one hundred and fifty thousand on ads we get twelve thousand leads yeah yeah um we like our facebook groups now got fifty seven thousand people in it wow <laughs> you know like it's a big group a lot of those people come in from the challenges mm -hmm. And then they stay, and even if they don't buy, or they, even if they don't attend the challenge, they stay in the ecosystem. Yeah, yeah, you come, you keep working at them. Yeah. So yeah. it's good, though. It's interesting, but we probably got to go. Yeah, what time is it? Ten past. Oh, yeah, I got to go. Yeah. All right, guys, if you like this kind of content, make sure you like, subscribe. If you're listening all the way to the end, um, good for you. You did it. Yeah, good for you. Join the cult babies. Closing cult code. <laughs> <laughs> right? Join the cult babies. Closing code 50 bucks a week. What's it to you? You've been listening to this podcast for three years, you would have made a million dollars by now. You have to have. That's what the uh, That's the old intro used to say. Exactly, exactly. I've been listening. I think it probably has worked out. <laughs> All right. Well. All right, guys. Bye. Put that coffee down. down. down.